covet your prayers this morning as I share with you a very special message that God has laid on my heart, has for a while, and it seemed to surface this week, and uh, just covet your prayers as I share a direction God wants us to go in today as we worship the Lord. And if you would have your Bibles with you, I want you to follow me in Matthew, the 16th chapter, verses 1, and 1 through 4, and then go over to verses 24 and 26, or through 26. So if you have your Bibles, finding Matthew 16, verses 1 through 4, would you please stand for the reading of God's Word? <clears throat> the Pharisees also, with the Sadducees, came and tempted, desiring him that <clears throat> he should shew them a sign from heaven. He answered and said unto them, When it is evening, ye say, It is fair weather, for the sky is red. And in the morning it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowing. O ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky, but can ye not discern the signs of time? A wicked and, and uh, adulterous generation seeketh after a sign, and there shall be no sign given unto it but the sign of the prophet Jonah. And he left them and departed. Then moving on over, in that same chapter, verses 24 <clears throat> through 26, then said Jesus unto his disciples as he was talking to them, he turned to the disciples and he said, if any man will come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever shall lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is the, pro what is the man profit if he should gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man gain or give in exchange for his soul? May God add his blessings to the reading of that word this morning. Would you bow with us in a word of prayer? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you today for being able to open the windows of your word and just take a look. Maybe, Lord, to try to hear the things you said and the compassion that came from your voice, the caring heart that you shared with those that day that didn't understand. And Lord, I know sometimes we don't fully understand your will and your way for our lives. But we just ask you, Lord, to grant us a greater uh, desire to know your will, that we might, Lord, be able to find that path, to walk in it by faith and to find the joy it is to know you. Guide us now, Lord, as we worship you by listening to you speak through the word. In your precious and holy name we pray. Amen. You may be seated. As we begin to look at this story, we see that Jesus had just fed 5,000 men, the Bible says, and the women also, and others also. So there must have been several thousand that Jesus fed that day as he took seven loaves and a few fish and had plenty to eat. And as he began to do this, it seems like in the crowd that day was some Pharisees and Sadducees that wondered about all of this. Now, how in the world can this man... This man that we know came from an earthly family, surely, Joseph and Mary. How could he do these things? And what's going to be the signs of what he has been saying is going to happen? And Jesus said to them, there is not going to be a sign except that of the prophet Jonah, or Jonas, my Bible says, which is Jonah. And we know the story of the prophet Jonah, how that God had called him to go out and to witness to the city of Nineveh. Now, I want to explain to you that that's not a joyous journey that God was calling Jonah to go on. 
because he was about to get into a whale of a mess because he was about to be reluctant to what God wanted him to do. And as he procrastinated or put off the will of God in his life, he sondered and wandered. Have you ever sondered and wandered in your life and you feel like God is calling and let's be sure about this? Surely there's an alternative. Surely there's something more that needs to be added to this directive God's given me or this is going to be too, more, too much that, um, more than I can handle. But Jonah was a person who was a man of God. He certainly knew God's law, his will. He had followed, he had faith in God. And yet his faith was going to waver a little because he wondered about this directive. And the reason he wondered was that Nineveh had been a city who had put such hurt on God's people. Surely Jonah must have said, but God, you know these people? These are the folks that's been tearing at, our very, at the very nation that you birthed uh, in the beginning. And you want me to go tell them to repent? No, I want you to go tell them that they'll perish. Well, that's more like it, Jonah must have thought. So he went. And he went down, but then for, for, before he went, he went down to uh, Joppa and caught a ship. And as they journeyed on, you know the story how the great storm came up. And by the way, we're going to talk about storms in just a little bit. And how that, and I wondered if uh, the storm signs was to them when he got on the boat, but if they weren't, God was about to show him some signs. And you know, talking about signs, I feel like that we hear people today saying, I need a sign from heaven. I need to know for sure that God loves me so much he wants to save my soul. What else is there to do in order to find the answers to this that Jesus is telling the world they need to do? When we ask for another sign, we take for granted that the cross was not sufficient enough sign for God to show us. We must grieve the heart of God when we say, that's not enough. But all oh, friends, it was plenty. It was more than enough. It was enough to save the entire world. The blood of Jesus on the cross of Calvary was able to wash the sins away from the entire world who was born, who have been born, and who will ever be born. And we need to thank God for that. We need to daily be in remembrance of what God did, that he loved us so much. He sent his son, not just to live, not just to witness and to share the love of God to those that he was able to in that three and some half years ministry, but he was able to send his son to the cross, his very begotten son, that he would tell the world just how much God did love and wanted to save the world. Back to Jonah's story. We know that when he was out in the boat, there was a great big storm came up. And the weather prediction when he got on the boat, I'm not sure what it was, but you know, we all, you've often heard as we shared a little bit, and that must be where they got the, the red skies at night, sailor's delight, and the red, scar, scar, red skies in the morning, sailor's warning. I guess that's Bible as it can be, and not just for the sailor, for all of us who want to discern the, discern the weather. I remember, I've shared it before, but I remember a, a fellow was driving down the road one day, and he saw a weather vane on top of the barn. And the weather vane had a sign on it, God is love. Well, that confused the man quite a bit. So he stopped, backed up, went up to the farmer and he said, Sir, I'm not sure I understand fully what sign you've got on that weather vane up there. Because it seems to me that you're saying God's love is as changeable as the weather. If that 
if that uh, weather vane changes a little, does God's love lessen or greater? No, no, he said. I'm saying that God is loved no matter which way the wind blows. And I think that's the way it is. God is loved no matter what happens, no matter the storm that comes in our lives. And we will encounter storms. If you haven't, you will. If you're in one, you'll get out of it by the help of God. But as we look at, we find out that Jonah's sign to Nineveh was simply to preach repentance. And he really felt, felt like that that wasn't about to happen of the, the heathen nation that they were. But it did. And the Bible lets us know that Nineveh was granted a 150-year reprieve because of their repentance. And that's what Jesus was trying to say to the Sadducees and the Pharisees, that Jesus had, had come as a witness. I am the sign, as it was for Nineveh. I'm the sign to share the word repentance to a people that have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Is this story relevant to us today? It most certainly is. Because we all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We, like sheep, do stray. We wander away from God's will for our lives. I heard a man say once, as I was speaking about repentance, and I shared that oftentimes I had a need to repent, and probably daily if I would. And the man said to me, he was a deacon in a church, he said, I want to tell you what happened to me. I was saved by the grace of God and I repented of my sins. And since those many years that have passed, I've never felt like repenting again. I said, fellow, you got a problem because all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. We do need to repent daily. And it's not just a word for the, for the lost person, though it is entirely and totally a directive for someone that doesn't know Jesus. But it is a word for God's people. It's a word for you and I that we need to ask God to, 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 to forgive us of our shortcomings. And one of the things that I believe, you know, you might say now, preacher, I'm, I'm, I'm not a bad person and I don't do those ugly things that you're all time hearing about. One of the things I believe that you're guilty of, my friend, and I also, is a sin of omission. Is that not doing leaving out the will of God. And we sin by omitting God's will in our lives, not doing something ugly, but not doing anything at all for the direction that God wants us to go in. So we need to ask God to help us with that also. Jonah was God's man. He really was. And he needed what the song says it so rightly, there shall be showers of blessing. And I want you to know that that little weather forecast is something that God has put in writing in a song we sang often, there shall be showers of blessing. This is the promise of God. And as we think about that, we as God's people need a shower on our soul and the blessings from God that is just so wonderful. But that doesn't happen, friends, as an automatic reflex of a loving God. The blessings that is hinged upon your willingness to seek God's blessings, to expect, I believe that God's people ought to be an expecting people. I believe we ought to expect God to bless us. And he will. He wants to. You know, it's like your children. You know, you just starve sometimes to bless them with material things or with even a, a gesture of love. God is like that. He loves you and I so much. We studied in the Sunday school class how that love goes so far sometimes he'll allow us to have what we don't need and what he'd rather us not have. But God's love is a wonderful thing. 
then we see as we talked about the rest of the reading, there's a condition to meet. And the condition Jesus said to the Pharisees and the Sadducees and to you and I today here in this Sunday morning service is the fact that we need to meet the condition meet the condition in order to experience the results that God has for us. And that is simply this. Take up our cross and follow him. My goodness, that's not an easy call. Cross, C-R-O-S-S, Christ redeeming our sinful soul. That's what he did on the cross. And the reason he did that we might take up our cross and what is our cross? What is your cross? Do you know? The main thing is to accept the fact that Jesus gave his life to save your soul. Our cross is to pick up that commitment and to carry it and that weight gets heavy sometimes. But it is a cross that will lead us and initially lead us to do as Jesus did and that is die with the cross in our hands. I believe it is Bible as it can be that if you are a child of God, then you one day died. The Bible says the old man is dead. The old person is dead. And we are raised a new person in Jesus Christ. And I, I, if, you all, if you could come tonight, I, God put something on my heart and I want to be sharing about this. I'll not let anything out of, the, the, out of that for tonight, but what I want to talk about and share with you is something that I have just recently encountered with people, and that is the fact that so many people does not believe in the security of the believer. You know what that is? That's the no-soul salvation. That's the I know because I know. And I want to talk to you about that tonight a little bit, God willing, so if you would please come. But as we listen to the conversation that Jesus was talking there to a young man in uh, Mark's Gospel, chapter 10, and the young man was confused about all of this. My cross, I'm carrying a cross, he must have thought. I've kept the commandments. I've done what God wanted me to do, but had he really? But he said to Jesus, now, what do I like? Having salvation. What good thing do I need to do to merit salvation? Start with, we never merit salvation. The mercy of God is God's unmerited favor. And uh, the mercies of God is what we need to realize that is uncompromisable. It is, it is irreplaceable. It is, it is the grand of grands. It is the good of the goodest of all. But Jesus said, uh, to inherit eternal life, young man, let me ask you a question. What about the Ten Commandments. You know, I hear people say, we're living in a New Testament time. Praise the Lord, hallelujah, yes we are. But I also know that the Bible says very clearly and very point, blank, point to us that the Old Testament is our schoolmaster. The Old Testament, the commandments have not been nullified. Jesus himself, listen to what Jesus said in Mark's Gospel, the 10th chapter, and he named five of the commandments, half of them that dealt with his fellow man. And the young man had aced that test for sure. I've done it all, Jesus. Now, okay, am I all right? And when he began to realize that he liked the one important thing, and that is when we read in the Bible where John's gospel says the two commandments, the two greatest of commandments, as Jesus said, is to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, mind, and soul, and the second is likened to it, love thy neighbor. As thyself. Now I've often read that and I said, I do love the Lord my God with all my heart, mind, and soul. I really do. But do I love my neighbor as myself? You know, that's thinking a whole lot about the old boy next door. 
That's thinking a whole lot about the person that's done ill to you. That's thinking a whole lot about the person who it just neglects to have anything to do with you. But the Bible says pray for your enemies. Do good to them who persecute you and have all evil intent against you. My goodness, what did Jesus go through? What did they do to Jesus? Nothing compared to what they did to, to Jesus compared to what has been done to us. But he was the person who went to the cross to ensure us of a walk that would lead us from this life just beyond the walls of this world to a place called heaven. I want to ask you this morning, are you going to heaven? How are you doing on bearing the cross? What is your cross? What do we need to do about that? I like Charles Stanley's book. I just love Charles Stanley. He's a, he's a, he's a teacher preacher. And he's written a book, the, the Power of the Cross. And I've got that book. And if you haven't read it, you need to. It's a wonderful book that talks about how the powers of the cross will be so evident in our lives if we proceed to pray it into our lives. We need to do that. It does not happen if we don't. And God help us to live our lives under the powers of the cross. And heaven is just waiting to share that power, that help that he wants to give us. Paul said, let me speak something else this morning. There in 2 Corinthians, there in the 4th chapter and the 7th verse, we have this treasure in earthen vessels, the soul, the soul, that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. You see, though it's about you and your relationship with Jesus, your experience with God, but it's all about Jesus. It's all about our Heavenly Father all about the Son coming down to share that love that without it we'd be lost today. I wouldn't be standing here this Sunday morning preaching God's Word if it hadn't been for Jesus. And I love Him so. I remember when we started the church. I remember saying to some of the folks, I didn't know some and I knew some, but I simply said, you're going to find preachers all over the place that can out preach, preach circles around me. But you're not going to find a person who loves the Lord any more than I do. For God loved me and I want to love him back. I want to share that love with someone else. You know, we have so much to share with so many and so little time to do it. Are you telling some... I want to ask you, how long has it been since you were a direct influence on helping someone find Jesus Christ as Savior and Lord of their life? Has it been a while? Have you ever? Oh, friends, we must. And that's the calling. We're not saved just to be satisfied with salvation, though I am, totally am satisfied. But the question comes to me as I look at Calvary, is my Lord satisfied with me? Is God satisfied with where you are today? Have you got salvation in your heart? What do you need to do today? that God's maybe been putting on your heart that tomorrow won't afford you the opportunity. Today is the day that God wants to say, come unto me all you that labor and heavy laden and I want to give you rest. And that's not saying let's just sit down and take it easy a while. We rest in doing God's will. That's how we get that spiritual rest that God wants to give us. Resting away from the world and letting God refresh us with his spiritual presence. Do you have that in your heart today? What about Jesus? What do you need to do?
What about Jesus as we bow together and pray? Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you today so much for so much. Thank you today, Lord, for you coming to die for our sins. And Lord, it's, it's, it's an aching thing in our hearts because of your suffering. But Lord, I know that it was God's will that you would do that, that we could have salvation one day and that we could spend heaven with you. Thank you for that promise that we cling to today. And I ask you, Lord, if there be someone here today that doesn't have that security in their hearts, that doesn't have that sealed soul of redemption that you can give, that maybe today they'd say yes to a love that'll never turn them loose, say yes to you today or whatever the need might be to be a part of this church, to be a part of your family, to be a part of you. Guide us now, dear God, in this your invitation. In your precious name we pray. Amen.